Hey everyone, Stacy here with the Body Talk. Remember the Body Book? I have the Body Book. It's home. It's I could have brought it. Could have read it. Oh well, I didn't. And I think that that's just fine because that was a, it's a children's book. It's called the Body Book, and it's a children's book. Some bodies are tall. Some bodies are short. Some bodies are this. Some bodies are small. And some bodies walk. Some bodies roll. Everybody has one. Yeah, it's like that. It's like I got it for my grandchildren. Because they'll go, you're really fat. <laughs> Who I am. And, you're like, and then they bodies. go, want to dance? <laughs> you know, it's just reality. Yeah. You know, I remember <laughs> laying on the floor in my young children and they're like your thighs are huge <laughs> I'm like, I'm a nothing up. like confidence after not showering for three days uh, want to say anything about my hair <laughs> I know. what else you got for me <laughs> this is stacy eldridge welcome to captivated this world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi everyone, Stacy here. Bless you this day, you who have captivated the Lord's heart. I'm so happy to have this time to spend with you. With me today in the studio, who you just heard, is the woman who is always with me in the studio, but usually from behind the glass wall, separating me from the sound booth. It's Stacy Burton, the producer for this podcast. Thanks for joining me, Stacy. Thank you, Stacey. Welcome. So, I have the great pleasure and honor of working with Stacy here at Wilder Heart, and that affords some time for us to just come into each other's offices and talk, talk about what we're thinking about, where Jesus is taking us, where we'd like to go, and just what's going on. It's really good. And something that God has been talking with me about a lot for all my life, but with specific intensity the past nine months, is the body. People's bodies, my body, and how we perceive them, how we feel about them, how we treat them, what our culture says about them. And what God says, how he doesn't just tolerate our bodies, but delights in them, every single one of them. And that thought is countercultural, really, depending on where you live. And Stacy and I are aware that this topic doesn't pertain to everybody in the world, and yet it pertains to a lot of people. But in that, I think everyone can relate at least to portions. Um, the way we feel about our bodies really rests on the stories of our lives. Our bodies are the avenue through which we live and move and experience our tangible world. Our bodies, as you know, are temples of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies deserve to be honored and cared for. And here's the thing, blessed. And that blessing is not size-dependent, by the way. So we all have a story regarding our bodies of what we were taught growing up, what was valued, and we have a story of our adult selves with our changing and, and fluid bodies because they shift. Stacy has had quite the journey with hers, and she has much 
to share. Stacey, I was wondering if you might be willing to start with your cancer journey and and the effect that that had on your relationship to your body. Yeah. So in 2010, I was 35. 35. Okay. Yeah. Young children at home. Riley was four. Jake was six. Just Mm. started. Well, it was actually in April. So finishing his first year of kindergarten. Wow. And all I remember was that it was really scary. Mm. And it's not something that runs in my family. So it was a a surprise of a diagnosis and especially at such a young age. And I just remember sitting at my son's end of kindergarten show and he was waving to me adorably on stage. (laughs) And I was just bawling Mm -hmm. because all I could think of with my, you know, immediately after the diagnosis was, am I going to be able to see his show next year. Oh, right. Will I still be alive? And I think it was one of the first moments because I was young. And when you're that age, you feel invincible. Oh, yeah. Of course you're going to watch your kids grow. Yeah. Of course you're going to live a long life with your husband and enjoy friendships into the golden years. But it was the first moment I remember where my tomorrow was uncertain. Mm -hmm. And I was so afraid of the unknown and Dr. Google is oh, Dr. Not Google. A helpful resource. No. <laughs> um, the doctors were optimistic, but there was just such a realm of confusion. Mm. Why me? Oh, yeah. Did I do something wrong? Was it the deodorant I wore? Oh, shoot. Was it my stress level? Uh, um, so, how did I cause this? Then? How did I cause this? The shame, the Diet Coke I oh. loved the abundance of candy corn I fully enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. I was actually really certain that was what wow. caused my cancer. Oh, my. Because it was just so much that I didn't understand. Yeah. And it was so much shame over what did I do to cause oh, this. Oh, that just adds so much yeah. pain to it. Yeah. And then the level of understanding, once the doctors, you know, got the biopsy, could tell me more about it, it was a very slow-growing cancer that they said has probably been in my body for about 10 years. Wow. Before it kind of became big enough to become a lump okay. and be discovered. Once I had a better understanding of what it was I was facing, I was faced with the decision. Being a young mother, knowing I was done having kids, um, I chose to have a bilateral mastectomy. And, oh. That was such a hard decision because it was not a very aggressive cancer. Oh, right. Um, And it just felt so extreme. And I was so concerned about what people would think of me for taking such extreme action on my body. Mm. But I knew what I had to do for me so that I didn't spend every day wondering, is it back? Right, right. So that pressure about what are people going to think? Yes. Um, that is, wow. Because there's, you know, there's so many camps. Oh, let me tell you what you need to do. Yeah. And take the natural and go all in on the surgery and... And everything in between. Yeah. There's so many different options out there. I imagine that that could be overwhelming, Mm -hmm. confusing. 
Yeah. And I was fortunate to have time oh, good. to make the decision. Good. It was not an yeah. emergency surgery. So I had the mastectomy and then I had to face the decision of what do I want my reconstruction to look like? Yes. Do I want reconstruction? Because right. frankly, I don't like wearing bras. And I was thinking <laughs> if I didn't have to. But then I saw pictures of um, people with no re- reconstruction. Uh-huh. And I just knew that wasn't the path for me. Mm-hmm. I totally understand why women can't. Yeah. Or don't want that. Yes. But I realized I did want some reconstruction. I'm really struck by how um, personal all navigating this is such oh. a personal decision all yeah. the way and how thankful I am for your and the availability of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Aww. Like we have a guide. Right. We're not left on our own because there's too much to figure out. And one path may be the right one mm-hmm. when a different one is the right one for someone else. Right. So that's when I have friends who are dealing, facing anything like this. Yes. I, I really try to affirm them that it is such a personal journey. Mm, that's good. Because it is different for everyone. Yes. So um, I got the reconstruction uh-huh. and and for the following two years, I was in such a crisis. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I just didn't know my body anymore. Oh, oh. And I threw out every single shirt I own. Well, tell me about that. What do you mean you didn't? Well, my reconstruction um, just it shifted ma- your body. It shifted my body. Yeah. It was unfamiliar. And I think this was the time of healing. Like I was diagnosed in April, had my final implants in November. So that was just a whirlwind. That's pretty fast. It, yeah. It was a yeah. lot to. It, it was just, just seven months. Taking from... steps wow. forward, right? Yeah. And then everyone was like, okay. What, like, okay, we're done? You're... Yeah. Like my breast surgeon was like, all right, I hope to never see you again. And I was like, wait, you took my breast. Like, can we go out for coffee? <laughs> like, right? <laughs> yeah. We can't just. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I know. Um, so I think it was. The following two years, I was processing the trauma, oh, the makes so extreme much body change. Yes. And so that's why someone finally told me after throwing every shirt out, uh-huh. it's it's just your healing. It's not about the shirt. Oh, okay. Because I put the shirt on and it just wouldn't fit. And yeah. So. That um, was a wise person that told you that. It was so helpful. And then I could just have grace and mercy for the healing. Yeah. Even though... It was the beginning of being really uncomfortable in my body Mm. because in 2016, when I was 41, I was diagnosed again a second time. Wow. Yeah. So it was just a, it was a rogue cell. It was the exact same cancer, but this time they wanted me to do chemo and radiation and because they wanted me to stay in menopause because of my type of cancer. I chose to eventually, within the year, have a full hysterectomy. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) this is where it got really difficult with my body. Mm. The radiation messed up the skin layer on the left side of my chest. No. So it's just tight. And talking with plastic surgeons, there just isn't a whole lot to do. Mm -hmm. Because I can live with it. Yeah the fix would be very extreme. Okay. And the hysterectomy, immediately after, I was like, okay, they took my breasts. They took 
every, it what felt like everything feminine, mm. everything that makes me a woman oh, goodness. was surgically removed. Mm. So that was a real mental shift. Right. The shift of trying to understand to my core what makes me feminine, what makes me a woman, because I just felt ho- I, I, hollow. I felt hollow mm. on the inside. Yeah. And you're young. And I, yeah. And so I was thrown into menopause at 41 overnight. Overnight. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. And there's just so much I wish I had known to yeah. prepare. I think when you go through it naturally, yeah. everyone gets to talk about what do we do? Right. So talk about body shifting, skin elasticity yes. changes because of the collagen. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't. I didn't prepare for that, so now I'm dealing with those effects. <laughs> and I am just still, is it six years later already, just still struggling to like my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I hate it, mm-hmm. but I will say that I am completely ambivalent, ambivalent. about my body. Okay, ambivalent. Yeah, like kind of emotionally separated from it. What what's the difference between I mean that feels like that's on this leaning towards hatred. Well, right. And it could very well be, but I want to be kind. Yes. To my body. I know. I've heard that from you. So of course I try you do. Not to use the word right, hate. we don't we don't use that. Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't but, the power of our words and all of that. Yeah. I I have find as the years have progressed in that ambivalence. Uh-huh. I just am taking probably less and less care of it. I used to love running and hiking. And I ha- I do do that. Yeah. But the motivation just seems to be waning. Is that something that is like do you feel like that's a season that you're in right now or yeah. or that it's uh just gone? It, it's weird because it's it's brand new. So okay. I want to say it's cuz it was winter. I'm going to name it as a season. I hope it's a season. Yeah, because I know that it brings you life being outside. It does bring me life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, as but even as the leaves are starting to come out on the trees Mm -hmm. and it's brighter in the morning, Mm -hmm. I I still don't have motivation. Yeah. Like a few weeks ago, um, I was driving into work Mm -hmm. just really aware of wanting to be kind to myself. Yes. So my thought process was, What should I, or what could I be? I don't use the word should either. What should Uh I be doing? I should be doing this, this, this. What what could I have done this morning to take better care of myself? I just wasn't feeling well. And I would typically go to, uh, to get outside for 30 minutes before work does so much for my day, my life, my mental. Uh Uh-huh. Um, sure. But as I was driving, thinking about that, I was like, that sounds miserable. <laughs> I know. The, <laughs> I know. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> and I passed a donut shop and I was like, but a donut mm-hmm. does not sound miserable. <laughs> and one thing about me is I love dessert for breakfast. Oh. I love it. And I, it, I just had space to ask myself, okay, but why do I want slash need dessert every morning. And just in my mind, I was like, well, I woke up at six. My kids are very capable, but I do like to make sure they get out the door and everyone's dressed and has a decent lunch. And I need to get dressed and shower 
and let the animals out and let them back in. And everyone wants attention. And I leave the house by 7, and I am exhausted. Ooh, oh, my goodness. I'm exhausted just hearing that. I'm like, I've lived a day. Right. I was able to hear my heart of, it's 7 a.m., and I'm already exhausted, and I have a full day ahead of me, and I, I need some soothing, which is why I need a donut. <laughs> and can we just say right now, that is not a bad thing. Right. It felt like the first time I'm in my life, I was able to pay attention to, of course, Stacy. of course you need some soothing right now. Mm. That's a lot. It is a lot. And soothing, this might rock some worlds, but soothing with food is not the enemy. Like, mm-hmm. food is soothing. It is. It's so, sustaining It life. is. It is. And, um... And then there's also a story there of what that was like for us growing up regarding food. But Stace, I want to know, did you get the donut? I did not because I was able to be kind to myself and understand. I was Mm. able to medicate myself in kindness Mm. and not in the donut. Where was God in this? I believe that he was the one who was able to give me the moment to ask myself. He, He was the voice of why are you needing a donut this oh, morning? Oh, that's good. Yeah. He wanted to tend to the needs. Yeah. And then, of course, Stacy. of course you need the donut. That was his, that was him. Mm, good. Or, of course you need to be soothed. Yes. That was his voice. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and he probably was like, yeah, you need the donut. Go yeah. Get it. <laughs> he wouldn't have been disappointed if you had the he donut would either. would not have. But Stacy, just hearing, oh, my goodness. Um, all that you have gone through, I just kind of want to, I want to, I wish that we could just be in a podcast and be silent mm. and just sit with the suffering. Yeah. And, and the whirlwinds, you were, it's like a tsunami and no, you just came out of nowhere. And then of course it would be at least two years, maybe longer. Yeah. It's been Twelve. Twelve. Thank you for the math. Yeah. And I feel mutilated. Oh, honey. Yeah. So 12 years later, just still. Still coming to rest in your body Mm -hmm. and to um, be able to bless it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Rest in it. Thank God for it. Because you can still move. You're alive. You're here. Right. Yeah. Very, very grateful. Mm. Wow. All right, I'm going to shift because it's such an important topic. And this just topic isn't strictly for women. It used to, I think, mm-hmm. be primarily a, a woman's issue about how, how do I feel about my body and, right. and the fluidity of it, how it changes. And yours had a dramatic change, as do many of the women listening right, right now, like facing a severe change mm-hmm. or have, have been through it. And then to land, to be able to land on the other side, and I think, I believe, actually, that it's in your very near future, for it to not feel like that. Yeah. Yes, God. But this is also a man's issue. Right? I've been learning more and more about that, or hearing more and more about men. Yeah, the way they they perceive their bodies, the Mm -hmm. way the culture esteems a certain body type and um, diminishes the value of a human being if they're not right a certain way and so that's both men and women yeah 
Some of you may be familiar with Stacy because of coming to a captivating retreat or watching the captivating experience. Mm. Stacy is on that sharing her story and I'm wondering Stace if you would share a little bit of your story with your body and your relationship with your body growing up. Like did you some people it's not an issue for them until they get older. Actually, I don't know anybody right. who it's not an issue with. I know two people and two? they still blow me away. I I don't I don't <laughs> like, know anybody. Wow. <laughs> like I can't what's imagine. that like? Yeah, to be at rest, to inhabit their body without yeah. um, fear or judgment or hatred or things that I need to be doing better or differently. How much food should bees uh, consumes my thoughts oh, throughout the day? Oh, right. This is amazing. I was with a friend recently who is, she's in great shape and works works out daily. She's just a Jesus lover, the depth of her heart, and something that brings her alive is exercise and movement, and she has a great figure. And she said, do you know how often I think of food? And she said, I think of it at least every hour. Yeah. And I think that for, that's kind of the low bar. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's a present thing. Especially in our society. It's, it's in front of us. It's Constantly. in front of us. And here's the sentence I want to say that I want everybody to hear. God does not just tolerate your body. Mm-hmm. He delights in it. Yeah. Hear me. He delights in it. Okay. Some of you just like that bounce right off your heart because you go, not now. Right. Well, when I lose 15 pounds right. or 100 pounds or when I get in shape or when, nope, nope. Yeah. Right in this moment, he delights in your body your temple of the Holy Spirit, the way that you get to experience this world and move and not move, but touch people, just all right. of it. We, it's, it's our humanity. Yeah. And, and he blesses it. If we could just see that what we offer comes from our heart. It does. And the truth is that our bodies mm. are the least interesting thing about <laughs> us. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it's really true. But it is so consuming. Um. Just thinking about how we are bombarded with food at every turn. Yeah. Yet look perfect. Be that size zero. Right. And right. it is a how size I, zero. Oh right. my goodness. Gee yeah. whiz. I know. <laughs> my thigh, my calf. <laughs> um, but it is how I grew up. And it's it's a super confusing message. Mm. It was my my family is very healthy. And it was here, have the cake, eat the last bite of cake. Oh, wait, don't get fat. And I, I do feel like that's what society does too. Here, oh, eat sure, the food, because eat the that food. would be the end of the world, right? Like I want to disarm that so mm. bad. Yes. That and, um, and what is that? That's like, his fat phobic culture. Yeah. Versus, man, God mm. loves all these mm-hmm. different body sizes and stuff. Yeah. But it's it is it's ingrained in young. In my family, growing up, um, my mother loved to bake, mm-hmm. but we weren't allowed to eat it. She would even put cookies in the cookie jar. The most went into the freezer, but at the end of the day, she would count how many cookies were there. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And she would go around to each other. There was 18 cookies in the cookie jar this morning, and now there's only 12. How many did you eat? How many did you like, it would, or, or there was special food like ho-hos. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're wrapped, they were then, back in the day, they were wrapped individually in tinfoil, and they would be like over there on the counter, but you weren't allowed to eat them. My brother could eat them. Mm-hmm. My dad could eat them. 
but none of the women could eat them. And it was so weird. It was such this bind. I'm clean plate club. I was, you would be served the food and regardless of whether you liked it, enjoyed it or wanted it or not, you had to eat it and you had to eat all of it. But that was all you could eat. Like there was no space to attend to or pay attention to your body or your own desires. I, I get parents and I think it's good to, here's what we're eating tonight mm-hmm. and, and at least taste it, but not to force feed. Right. Or put shame on uh, eating the cookie. Yeah. I <laughs> I hide cake in the back of my freezer so I don't have to share it with my family. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized something the other day, though. When I wake up early, sometimes I choose to wake up early uh-huh. so I can go eat some of that alone. Without them judging you for it. Yes. my My motivation, I thought, was... So I don't have to share. Ah. But thinking about it, processing that made me realize I do it so I can eat it without judgment. Not that my they wouldn't. would. Right. They wouldn't. But I think that's the story of I really want to enjoy this, but I can't. I can't enjoy it because it's whatever. Right. Right. We talked about that and how that's rooted in it being monitored. Yeah. When, like your when dinner young. and oh yeah or yeah how many cookies did you how eat? many do mm. it and only eat what they give you and every every other thing so this is where it is countercultural and just to say that man our body size does not legitimize no. our voice or our value there was a number of years ago when I had um, lost a significant amount of weight. Talking about fluid, my body is very fluid up and down. And I am, I feel, of course, most comfortable when I'm in of course. Uh, a smaller size. But like to bless my body in a mm-hmm. larger size. But I was at a retreat and I was probably the lowest weight I've been in 15 years. And I got up on stage and people clapped. And that was kind of a mixed thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I was able to say, thank you. Yes, I have lost weight, but I am not more valued as a human being. Yay. I am not more qualified as a speaker, and I am not more deeply loved by my God. Mm-hmm. He has always and only seen me as beautiful. And, and may we. Amen. Amen. And I know that's harder when we're not a place that we like, but but to say, I bless and thank God for the beauty he has given me. Right. I was talking with my dear wise friend, Michelle, that some of you may know the other day, and she is on a journey with her mind and body. Uh-huh. And her words, I love, said, I am not going to allow shame to be my motivator. Mm. So she is walking forward in blessing her body in the process and... It's so important. It really is important. Because then no matter what the outcome, you're walking in love. (gasps) Walking in love towards yourself. (laughs) Wow. That's so, um, that sounds a lot like Jesus. It does. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. If you hate yourself, it's pretty hard to love your neighbor. I mean, really. You might think you are, but it slips out. Yeah. Loving yourself. And, and, and this is tricky when it feels like our body has betrayed us. Mm-hmm. First, we think it's our fault. Like if we're, if we're suffering, mm-hmm. as many are with chronic pain mm-hmm. or, or an injury that completely derails us, 
or we're physically challenged and have been all of our lives, like to be able to say, I bless this body that I inhabit and I, I own the beauty that has been brought to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I hear so much comparison. Well, I didn't deal with cancer. Oh, right. Know. Right. It diminishes our experience. Right. Yeah. But we are all living our story and it all really matters. And we have compassion for each other. So why is it so hard to have compassion for ourselves? Yeah, to hold up the mirror. Mm-hmm. And see us how Jesus sees us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Stacey, because when listening to your story and to say, wow, I have not suffered that kind of loss. Not true. And I haven't walked through that. Mm-hmm. So so I have no right to feel this way towards myself or my right. body. It's like, um, no, it ha- that's the same way with the story of our lives with the wounds that right. we bear. Oh, that didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, that, that is worth grieving now. Mine, my story, it doesn't work to diminish our own stories and it doesn't bring you the healing that we right. need. Because we need healing here. Mm-hmm. We need healing to honor our bodies, to not speak cruel things to ourselves yeah. when we pass a mirror mm-hmm. or or come into a room and compare ourselves to everyone else. Right. Like, no, no, Jesus never does that. And he wants us to partner with him. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is the fruit of that is so much freedom. It's freedom. And freedom is so alluring. It is. And such a more enjoyable way to live. Such a more enjoyable place to live. And it's such a more enjoyable person to be around. Yeah. To be free and Mm -hmm. just go, yeah. I want that so bad. So do I. So do I. I want that on every level, that Mm -hmm. to know it is for freedom. Yeah. That Christ has set you free. And yes, yes, in this we're tending. We're caring for our souls. We're caring for our hearts. And yes, we care for our bodies. Right. In some moments, I'm really great at the grace and uh-huh. kindness. And others, you know, maybe an hour later, the shame comes and should ofs and should bees. And it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. But the glimpses of the freedom yeah. keep me going. Yeah. And they're increasing. Yeah, they are. They, they are. are. And it is. The more I can trust Jesus with who he has made me to be. And to be present in that does yes. make it easier to try to step into it. <sighs> Big sigh. Mm-hmm. Big sigh. Friends, I know this is a sensitive topic to address. And this, you know, we've just scratched the surface on it. But I think, you know, what Stacy and I really want to say, Stacy squared here in this <laughs> podcast, is um, your body is a gift to you from God. Mm-hmm. You get to inhabit it, bless it, and not hate it. Mm-hmm. God loves it. Yeah. He loves you. And I know the pressure is relentless, but the pressure in Christ, it's off. Mm-hmm. He isn't just captivated with you and by you when you attain the world's definition of being worthy or of having a body that is held up to emulate. That's very few people. Mm-hmm. He is captivated by you now. And he wants to free us in ways we have yet to know, even regarding our relationship to our bodies and to food. So Stacy and I together, 
join you in just saying, we bless our bodies. We do bless our bodies. Oh, yeah. Just You can just say it with yeah. us. We bless our bodies in whatever state they may be in. We thank God for them. We honor them. And we give them the nourishment they need. And we get to be satisfied. We get to enjoy. And we love God mm-hmm. with them, in them, from them. So, oh, Jesus, we worship you. Yes, God. And we ask you to redeem our stories here. We need you. Reframe our thinking so that it aligns with yours. We ask for mercy. And we ask for healing. We ask for your perspective and for your life that, that fills us, to fill us again. Flood us with the light of your love. Flood us even now with your power, the power infused from your indwelling presence. We adore you, Jesus. It's in your precious name we pray. So thank you, Stacy. Oh, thank you, Stacy. It was fun to be sitting across from you. I like it. Let's yeah. do it again. I know. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you, friends. Bless you on your journey. Bless your body. Mm-hmm. And whatever this topic provoked, bring it to your God. Until next time.